0: Aloha, I'm Sol, your host and author of Pay Me What I'm Worth. The holiday season is packed with many unhealthy, unpleasant traditions that can spoil our sense of well-being on many levels. For example, overeating, overdoing, overspending. Boy, those are some common actions during the holidays, eh? What else happens for you during the holidays? Do you all of a sudden find yourself feeling Overwhelmed? Maybe you feel more alone than ever before because most of your social circles get caught up in the holiday cyclone. Are the holidays less than a happy time for you? If so, it's time to add more happiness by joining us in this series. You see, we're going to connect weekly starting the last week of November through the second week of February. Every week we have not only a lecture but a live class. Each class provides time to laugh, build some friends, vent some frustrations, and to offer support to other people in class. I invite you to join us to navigate the holiday season with a lot more confidence. The friends you make in this series, yeah, I can tell you, you'll come to cherish them well past the end of this series. To register for the series, click the links at the bottom of the page. Follow the registration instructions to join us for our weekly, live, lively conference call classroom. For less than the cost of a movie ticket and popcorn, get ready for some wonderful laughs, some ah aha's, and some new friends, all from the comfort of your phone. I look forward to meeting you and to being of service. And now, time for class. How about just a quick round of introductions?
1: My name is Marcia Sortino. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I am looking forward to this Blues Busters class. It's gonna be a great one.
2: Yes, I am terrific. Tanya Heathco here in the great state of Tennessee. Looking forward to the Holiday Blues Busters because I am in great need of busting some holiday blues.
3: Kim Whittaker from Lafayette, Indiana. I'm brand new at this, so I'm looking forward to it.
2: This is Bridgetta Palli from Fayetteville, North Carolina, and I always enjoy these, these series. looking forward to hearing some more. This is Cheryl Reeser
4: from the Big Island of Hawaii. I am ready to get going on this new series. I came last year and enjoyed it thoroughly, so I'm looking forward to lots of new insights in this year.
0: Excellent. Well, welcome back.
5: Rick. I was on the Blues Busters last year. I really enjoyed myself, had a good time, and learned a lot. I feel like I'm a Blues Buster alumni. Yeah. you are. I signed up to teach a a class or two. Excellent. This is Kareem from Monterey, Pennsylvania, and I'm excited to bust some holiday blues and Get that holiday spear out to all
0: the folks across America. This first week, we're going to look at prepping for calendar games, time management skills. And you think, oh God! You might think, oh, I've heard all of this before, soul. Well, great, you've heard it before. Now, when are you going to practice it? For those of you who think you don't need any time management skills, let's just go down your daily calendar, shall we? How does your typical day unfold for you? Do you start out with a plan? Do you have an idea in mind of vaguely what you want to accomplish in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening? And I'm by no means talking granular. I'm not talking hour by hour, task by task. I'm just talking about what are some of those big things you need to get done today? And when you look back down your calendar, do those things get done? We're going to start out with our time management skills first by exploring how good are you at saying no? How comfortable is it for you to set boundaries? Think about this. If you were to get out your address book and you start going down your address book and you identify those people who you interact with on a regular basis. How often do you put their needs above your needs? How often do you find yourself ending the day with, oh, man, I didn't get anything done that I wanted to get done. During the holidays, the calendar games can be just awful because you feel compelled to do certain things a certain way. We're going to cover that next week in Traditions Old and New. Well, folks, at the risk of uh, ripping the band-aid off a little too quickly, just say no. When you heard me say one of the ways to get a handle on our time is to learn to say no to all those requests that pop up at this time of the year, who had their guts go, Uh-oh, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, I can say no. Anybody?
1: I think I did a little bit. I know yeah. I did. <laughs> it's a tough one.
3: <laughs> what we just heard a few minutes ago hits me hard.
0: <laughs> so I'm looking
3: forward to a lot of learning.
0: All right, got your notepad? Well, let's unpack that. What's underneath all that? Kim, what made your gut go,
3: ooh? <laughs> I have the hardest time telling anyone no.
0: What's underneath that, do you think?
3: I think I just always, my whole life been like that. I just don't want to say no. I'm a people pleaser.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one to get into, people pleaser. <laughs> Marsha, you've never been a people pleaser. I know you don't understand that concept.
1: Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> Mine goes way back. I never knew how to put a stop to it. Like, I would just wonder, why did I overextend myself? I don't even have enough time to do everything that I said I was going to do.
0: Talk about people, please. Yes. Yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) Which of the chaos committee, and for those who are brand new to this series, in other classes we talk about our chaos. Committee. Who can remind listeners some of the members of the chaos committee? Why don't we start out with uh, Tanya?
2: Oh wow, the most predominant chaos committee is guilt.
0: Ooh.
3: Oh. The guilt myself. Yeah,
2: yeah. guilt and overwhelm. Uh huh. Okay. They both bully up on me.
5: Hmm. I have dealt with a lot of people who drove me nuts because they had to have everything lined up perfect. Everything had to match. There couldn't be one little word or letter out of sync. And if there was, they go nuts. And I would say, look, I'm here to experience life i'm not here to nitpick the details and i even just drove them further off so i thought that was (laughs) an interesting observation uh an experience i've been
0: having so you're a perfectionist is that who i'm hearing Yes. okay cheryl Mm -hmm. i know you shot your entire chaos committee are any of them still living
5: analyzer
0: (laughs) (laughs) that didn't take long
5: To identify it, oh, I'm just fine, I'm just ornery, or whatever you want to call it. That's just me. That's just, but just recently I've been able to identify it and see it. Where when I first started on this journey, I wasn't able to realize that I couldn't identify it in myself, analyzer at all. But that's my favorite one now because I identified it. (laughs) (laughs) And Cheryl?
4: Certainly had my time and fair share with all of them. It seems like I used to worry To beat the band. I watched my grandma worry. I watched my mother worry And I hoped that there was some way, but I doubted it and with this class and All of Go University's help I have really got a handle on that one So I'm really happy with that but doubt shame Guilt, worry, probably doubt and guilt.
2: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are tearing your thoughts from time to time. Okay, Ms. Brishetta.
2: Well, um, about the only thing I can think of right now is I went to get my hair done the other day and the lady said, oh, you don't look like you feel too good. You look like you've lost a lot of weight. And I said, have you saw your optometrist yet? <laughs> Now, I love it. <laughs> I said, I <that> feel fine.
0: <laughs> I love it. She's put her chaos committee to bed. Why put chaos community? Because that ability to say no means you're taking control, right?
1: Right.
0: When we talk about setting boundaries, one way to say no is to set boundaries. For yeah. example... From 8 in the morning, I have a legal pad in front of me. And when I get a phone call, I give myself exactly five minutes for that phone call. The person talking to me, when they answer the phone, I say, well, I've got five minutes. What can I do for you? And I'm watching the clock and I'm writing down what they're saying, and I'm keeping it focused. And at the end of five minutes, i got to go, unless yeah. you've got a credit card number.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: How are you with boundary setting? And if it's difficult for you to set boundaries, We have to begin there, and we're going to start with something rather practical. If you draw a circle on a sheet of paper, for example, maybe you're more visual. Draw a circle on a piece of paper, and that pie, that circle, represents a day, 24 hours. If you were to start slicing up that pie, let's start there. What's it look like on average? I would encourage you, if you are so inclined to get a handle on your time, is why don't you carry around a small little three by five card start a new one each day a small piece of paper whatever is easy for you to keep with you on an hourly basis but on that card or piece of paper just draw a circle start sectioning out your pie what happened how much time did you spend sleeping how much time do you prepare for the day in the morning getting out of bed, getting yourself ready to go, having your breakfast. How much time do you spend commuting? How much time do you spend at work? How much time do you have for lunch, breaks, dinner prep, dinner, social activities? Just start filling in this pie. Now, some people I know to do this exercise, they're they're rather smart. They make up a little pie chart. So they divide this little circle into 24 hours and they have it all sectioned out into hour increments. And what they do throughout the day is they just kind of color in the pie and they write a little note as to what was happening in that pie during that time. And they'll they'll do that for a week and then they'll sit down at the end of the week and they'll begin to look at, okay, that's what my typical week looks like. They may repeat the exercise with a little more focus on week number two meaning they'll have that same pie chart, that same circle drawn with 24 slices in the pie, and they'll write Monday up at the top of the page, They'll bullet point, maybe three, four items that they want to get done that particular Monday. And as Monday unfolds, they'll color in their pie chart. And at the end of the day, they'll be able to see, okay, I intended to get the following three things done. Did they get done? And about what time of day did they get done? And they'll repeat this process for the next week again. can begin to take a a compassionate look. And please, gentle listeners, I beg you, please be compassionate in this process. Allow the judge or the perfectionist or the critic in you to just take a nap. There is zero need to judge yourself on this stuff. Zero. Absolutely zero need. Let's go, let go of the stress right there about judging yourself around time management. So after you basically have two weeks of observing your use of time, the first week, you're just making notes, however that works for you. You're making notes of how you're using your time. The second week, you're beginning to make notes between how you plan to use your time and how you actually do use your time. After you have a couple weeks' worth of data under your head, you begin to see where do you need to set your boundaries. Where are those boundaries a little bit leaky? And so once you identify where those boundaries are just a tiny bit leaky, you can go ahead and firm them up. Now, heads up, heads up. If you're one of those folks who really have a difficult time in saying no, To other people, especially during the holidays. A little trick that works extraordinarily well. I use it in my life. I suggest it to everybody that hires me and wants to get a handle on their own life stuff. When you're about to make a change that could be considered new to people, like saying no to them, as you start this calendar games exercise, you might want to let people know hey, you know, this year I'm going to try doing something a little different. I don't know what it's going to look like yet, but. I'm just going to try something a little bit different. Just give people a warning shot across the bow that you're going to be just a little bit different this year. And if you do have to say no, which I'm going to encourage you to do more often than not, quality versus quantity. At least when you say no to those people, (laughs) they're not going to be surprised if you give them a little bit of a heads up. Time can set boundaries for us. If we allow it to be compassionate because if it's not compassionate if I set a hard deadline Mm -hmm. and my inner control freak doesn't like that hard deadline procrastination kicks right in yeah
3: yeah true yeah
0: now I realize I'm the only person suffering from procrastination on the planet
3: oh no (laughs)
0: So when we get out that circle and we do our little pie chart of time.
3: I actually drew my pie on the paper.
0: You just created a boundary. Yeah. Ah. (laughs) As you take a look at your two weeks worth of data and you go, oh, my God, you know, I am just totally out of control on the amount of time I spend texting or Facebooking or being online or whatever it is that you know you can tighten up. You just know you can. This is one of those habits you're going to have to get under control for yourself. You can start paring that back, pacing yourself to just slowly taper off. Maybe you're one of those people that can do the whole cold turkey thing. Well, that's great. Good luck with that. I don't recommend cold turkey because it generally sets up an absence that will create a need to fill it. So tapering it off. For example, years and years ago, over at probably 20 years ago, I tapered myself off of reading the news.
5: I was a news
0: junkie. I had to watch the news on TV. I had to be connected to the internet, constantly checking the news, newspapers, magazines. I spent a lot of time consuming the news. And I began to realize this is really sucking the life out of me, watching all this news. I made a commitment that each day I would take one hour less of consuming news. And to this day, I might spend a few moments checking out the news here and there, but I'm much more interested in doing other things now. If there are things on your to-do list that didn't get done today, that get moved tomorrow, that get moved to next week, that get moved next month, to get moved to next quarter, <clears throat> to next year. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to brainstorm brainstorm Kim, what's one boundary that you know you need to firm up a little bit?
3: Um, my time management. Okay. I, I need to be better at time management, so I need to be able to be passionate with my people and tell them no.
0: <laughs> Who's one person you have the most difficulty saying no to?
3: I have a very best friend that calls me every single day. Okay. She'll call my home, and if she don't get me at home, she'll call my cell and say, where are you? I called your home number. Are you out and running around? What are you doing? And sometimes you're just not really in the mood to have to explain.
0: So what was that last part of the lecture I talked about, a person ahead had up when there's a change about to happen. What do you all think about that concept? Rick, Cheryl, do you let people know in advance or a little bit of wiggle room that you're about to make a change?
5: I let them know every day, every time I see them, yes. (laughs) That's what I need to do. At first, I I didn't really understand it, It, but then it, it came to me, it is a compassionate thing. For myself, too, it reminds me that I'm changing. And then uh, it reminds everybody else that I'm actively seeking change in myself, so it allows it to come to fruition.
3: I think in my case, it really bothered her sometimes when she could not get me. And the therapist herself has tried to teach her boundaries. So that really resonated when you were talking about boundaries.
0: So, Kim, at the the possibility of being crass, the next time she calls you, ask her for her credit card number. I mean, if she's paying somebody else, listen to her.
2: (laughs) That's a great idea.
0: I mean, no offense, but I understand that friendships aren't supposed to be always, quote, on the clock, right? Right. But there's a slippery slope between being affirmative And an enabler, yeah? I agree. So with our calendar games, you're enabling somebody else to do to you what you wouldn't do, right? True. I'm going to let that one sink in. What did I just say there?
3: I'm allowing her to do to me what she's doing.
0: And you know better. Yes. Yes. So, you have the skills. Yes. Now it's enabling them. Enabling and then putting them into action. Okay.
1: I think I'm pretty good with my boundaries now.
0: Okay.
1: It wouldn't have happened though if I didn't take a class with Amy, what I'm working <laughs>
0: well, Let me share up the need. Who needs <laughs> their boundaries with their children or their family, especially during the holidays?
5: I believe that I could use better boundaries because getting to the point now where I'm able to allow people to come around and speak their untruths, sling their stuff, before I was unable to tolerate it. And then all I would do was not in defense, instead of being silent to the way that I feel and what I've learned over the eons, I would tell them, I feel like I need to shut up. And let them learn their lessons themselves. Like basically kick them to the curb and stop throwing pearls to swine. Isn't that what they say? That's a boundary I need to learn more about. I let it mess with me sometimes. A lot. Especially over the holidays. Because it's always in my face.
0: So, Rick, am I hearing correctly? You're polishing the art of discernment.
5: Is that what you call that? Yes. <laughs> I think it's more uh compassion to have compassion for individuals and allow them to have their space and allow them to be at their conscious realization and just watch them instead of trying to okay, like dude, whatever. I won't necessarily take to the flogging too much like I do to people.
0: I won't. That art of letting people know that you're actively looking to be more compassionate, more healthy, more happy, joyful, and that might mean saying no. And those people who are accustomed to you saying yes, they might get a little bad at you. <laughs> yeah?
2: Well, yes, people have become accustomed to me saying no, where I'm having a bit of struggle. And what I'd like to learn more about is setting boundaries with myself today. I became aware that I have a habit of talking myself into overwhelm of, of saying yes to myself too much of not setting boundaries with myself. I'll have several great ideas come up. The desire's there and I'll say yes to all of them and I'll get them all rolling because the desire's there. But once I look past the desire, I see struggle and I see fear. Then the procrastination comes in and I just wanna stop doing things instead of follow through on those things that I've told myself and others that I would do and that leads to a great bit of overwhelm in me. Something else that I've noticed is that I do, I say yes to many things that come my way that are all my ideas. Nobody outside of myself is asking me to do things or telling me to do things. These are just ideas that come up within myself and instead of me saying no to me, I just say yes to it and it brings on overwhelm. And the more I say yes to these things, Part of my ego tells me that it's healthy to say yes to me, but I'm finding out more and more, the more overwhelmed I feel, it's not healthy to say yes to me all the time. So so now I'm exploring the balance.
0: I have suffered from that, Tonya, to the point of almost committing suicide. Wow. And the only way I dug myself out giving myself permission to journal these great ideas. And then my sign that it's time to start on that great idea is when absolutely all the resources necessary for that idea just literally explode by itself, all of the resources, the people, the money, the locations, whatever it needs for that idea, everything, all the ingredients for that great idea land in my lap without me even thinking it. Yes. When that happens, then I start on the idea. Until that happens, wow. it's written down. I don't have to worry about forgetting about it. Does that make any sense?
2: Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And I see in that how I can still, in a way, I can say yes to myself. I can say yes to those inspirations that come in by going ahead and journaling them but it's not saying yes to taking action to them. Correct. And I can still have those boundaries that keep me balanced.
0: Bingo. Part of waking up is waking up to our creativity. And when we wake up to our creativity, have you ever gotten into a creative mindset at like eight o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden it's eight o'clock in the evening and you have no idea where their day went?
3: all the time
1: yeah
4: yeah yeah yep i'll start a craft project or start painting a sign or something and then before i know it like half the day has (laughs) gone it feels like maybe i've been sitting there for a half an hour just doodling around
0: (laughs) which is beautiful so part of that boundary setting may be creating an additional alarm clock i don't know what i would do without my smartphone If it weren't dinging at me saying, okay, start class now, or dinging at me saying, okay, turn off the emails, turn off all the notifications, meditation time. (laughs) If it weren't for a little bell that told me meditation time is done, I could be in meditation for six hours without a problem. (laughs) So boundary setting is creating ways to keep ourselves accountable. This smells a lot like Chapter 8, doesn't it? Performance? Yeah. Base contracts? Yeah. So, Tonya, I'm going to task you with the idea that you find yourself most drawn to. You have the skills to put a plan together, right? Yes. Just brainstorming a list of everything that needs to be done. Okay. Once that list is brainstormed, what do you need for each item, right? Uh huh. You're done for the day now. Now it's time to see is that idea meant to blossom today? And if so, the resources, the creativity, the energy will be there, follow?
2: Yes, I do if follow. It's not, then what? If it's not, then I let it rest.
0: It's snoozing, exactly. <laughs> time management, I have yep. found the more pressured I sense I am, to use my time more wisely, I become a better procrastinator. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody else? Hmm. If my internal critic is going, God, you're wasting time. Who's had that thought recently that you're wasting time? All the time.
2: I have.
4: Yep, I have. My biggest culprit is Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) i scrolling through there and I think, oh, I'm wasting time. I've got to be doing something better than this, even though I really don't spend very much time on it.
5: So I could surf all day, every day if I wanted to, and no one would criticize me. As a matter of fact, that's what they expect me to do. I am only able to do it like three times a week. I'm only able to allow myself three times a week, maybe two hours at a time. But now uh, I'm starting to like stop go in the hot pond, sit there for a while, relax. Because I really don't have to be somewhere at any certain time. And it's helping me become more present. So I'm only up to maybe five minutes a day where I can sit and quiet my mind and sort of like block out everything external. It's been a challenge. You wouldn't think so being in Hawaii, but it is.
0: Which do you sense you use your time better? When you're clear, you're focused, you have a direction. Or when you're distracted, fragmented, which do you use your time better? A, clear, focused, directed. B, muddled, distracted.
2: Definitely A. Absolutely A. What's
0: the point I'm tickling out here with using quiet time? Peace. What else?
3: Alan, reflection.
5: It's helped me to gain new perspectives on myself a lot, the quiet time. And to stop the outside stimuli, even just for five minutes a day, just to block everything out, all the computer, the Facebook, everything like that, has really helped me
0: to gain perspective on myself. Oh, is it fair no. to say that with a quiet time, sometimes there's this flash of clarity?
1: Absolutely. That's when I can hear my divine guidance the best, during my quiet time.
0: And with that clarity, the perspective that eluded you is now crystal clear? Yes. All of this leading up to, are you sensing from tonight's discussion, you now have permission to say no?
1: Thank goodness.
0: (laughs) If you needed that permission to say no, what about tonight's discussion has helped you feel more comfortable with saying no, no thank you?
3: I think knowing that my time will be managed better by saying no.
0: And the result being far less stress in life,
3: right? Right, and accomplishing more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel the freedom that it's given me to be able to say no and feel good about it. I don't feel that guilt happening when I say no now. Whereas before, gosh, I just feared having to say no. I don't know why. I guess it stemmed back from, I always had that feeling I hated to say no to my children too.
0: Mm-hmm. Part of saying no, especially during the holidays, is saying yes to yourself. True? There's the paradox for the evening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How did I know that there had to be a paradox in there somewhere?
0: (laughs) So the calendar games, Setting Boundaries. I'll close this particular segment of the calendar games with a reminder. Once again, check out the concept of compassion. I'm going to set this up as a ground rule for our entire time together. Compassion. If you're unfamiliar with what compassion's all about, I highly recommend you check out charterforcompassion.org. Three words, Charter for, F-O-R, Compassion.org. And begin to look at what does compassion really look like inside and out by preparing for the calendar games. First, let's do this. Let's get a handle on your boundaries. How are they? Can you set firm boundaries or not? And we're going to begin that boundary setting process by looking at your typical day. Now, whether you draw a circle and you start filling in that circle with what's happening throughout the day, or you just keep a running list of what's going on, or you just use your daily calendar where you're just kind of jotting things in hour by hour, however you want to grapple Getting what I call a baseline, a snapshot of your typical week. Whatever works for you, just simply create something that you know you can stick to. Then, after you have your first week done, repeat the process, but this time add some accountability into the process by: all right, what is it that I need to do today? Maybe you have this holiday event to go to, maybe you have a certain event that you have to plan for, buy a gift, prepare a presentation. Put that into your day, whatever it is that you know you need to do. And by the way, make sure you have at least 30 minutes of you time in there. And I'm not talking about meals. I'm talking about 30 minutes where you can just relax, take a breath. Try and fit that into your daily calendar if you can. Once you have that snapshot, then you can begin to go round two with the accountability and begin to match up. Did you get those things accomplished? If you didn't get them accomplished, what's happening there? Are you beating yourself up about it? You're thinking, oh, God, I am so, and then insert whatever demeaning term you want to use. Let's let go of that beating yourself up stuff. It makes the calendar games even more hellish as you beat yourself up because you're judging yourself. So, the call to action for this week is pace yourself in everything. Pacing in everything. If it helps, create something that is tactile and visual for you, where you can pace yourself with time, with money, your intake, your diet. And as you begin to have this pacing, If you need accountability, that's why you probably should join our teams. I would highly recommend you come out to our site here, sign up, and ask for some accountability. Now, heads up, the type of accountability that I help you create is accountability that is completely clear of things that are pretty common in accountability tools. You might happen to notice if you think of accountability, you might automatically begin to think of words like doubt, guilt, shame, or worry. There's a lot of tools out there that use doubt, guilt, shame, and worry to keep you accountable. And I'm not arguing the effectiveness of those tools. For me and the practice that I help people discover is those types of tools, doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, to me are unhealthy. They're like rust, or a cancer, or something that eats away. Yeah, a doubt could motivate you. Yes, shame is certainly a powerful tool that many parents use to get their kids home for the holidays, or guilt. The accountability tools that I will show you will be clean and clear, free from doubt, guilt, shame, or worry. Alright, that's it. If you haven't registered yet, just pick one of the two options provided at the bottom of the page. Once you're registered, get ready for some wonderful laughs, some soul nourishing support, a few ahas, and definitely some new friends, all from the comfort of your phone. I look forward to seeing you in class. Aloha!